Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. As I was meeting with the Lord, I just I just began to pray and God's presence just and I think he said there were several hours went by. He tried to go back to bed and he couldn't do it, so he went back downstairs and spent some time in God's presence as the Lord just washed over him and filled him with the Holy Spirit and and uh, he was just, you know, praying in the spirit. And I just want to encourage you. There's always more in God. And this brother, he's served Jesus for many, many years. And great guy and full of the spirit. Spirit of God living inside of him and doing great things through him. But how many know there's always more? There's always a further breakthrough. There's always a further intimacy that God calls us to in him. And so let's be people that continue to go after his heart in this season. After this series roar, I feel like the Lord has put this kind of phrase or just this word really in my heart and it's return. And I feel like as we move into the next couple of months leading up to Easter that that the Lord is really drawing us close to his heart. And uh, so we'll be doing some messages on that in a few weeks time. But uh, God bless you as you uh, just maybe are seated this morning. Smile at somebody as you sit down so they know that you're friendly. (laughs) All right. Let's thank the worship team. They're going to come back up here just in a few moments. But aren't we blessed? Aren't we blessed in this church? Second Chronicles chapter 20. And if you've just been attending church for a little while, um, you may have noticed a lot of the messages I'm preaching recently are from the Old Testament. And so just, I believe in preaching New Testament, Old Testament, but I've, I've been kind of camping out here. And one of the things that we find when we dig around Old Testament scripture is that hidden in the details uh, there are principles that we can apply to our lives. And so as we apply these principles to our lives, um, the Holy Spirit awakens things in our hearts. And so uh, you'll find that I preach New Testament, Old Testament, but Second Chronicles 20 is a, a key passage of Scripture. And today I want to talk about how praise and worship is connected to spiritual warfare. Last Sunday I shared a message on spiritual warfare and being battle ready. And I'd really encourage you, if you haven't had the chance, if you weren't here last week, um, I would encourage you to listen to that podcast. You can find that online or on iTunes. Um, But being battle ready, because we are in a perpetual spiritual battle. If you're new to church, this battle is not, you know, against people. But... The Apostle Paul in, in the New Testament talks about how this battle is, is against spiritual forces of darkness, that we wrestle not with flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's not battling against you know, even things in our culture that we're trying to you know, arm wrestle ourselves in our own strength. But there is a spiritual battle that, that just rages around your life all the time. You may feel the effects of that. Sometimes you're more aware of it than others, but But praise and worship is also connected to spiritual warfare. And I want to look at that today. I want to speak to you on the roar of praise. 
number of years ago, I had the opportunity to be in South America at one of the uh, revivals. And there's, there's still a move of God that is happening today in many parts of, of South America where the church is just vibrant and on fire and people are coming to Christ and cities are being transformed and changed. There was these movies out a number of years ago called the transformation movies or the transformation videos. Some of you may have seen those and it's, it's really about the church rising, a roar of praise and warfare rising. And I remember just being in this stadium full of believers and it was all translated for me. And the pastor at the front of the room said, we're going to get up and we're just going to begin to lift our voices in praise. And we're going to pray and call on the name of, of Jesus. And we're going to believe that people will be saved as we do this. And so I've, I've been in a lot of meetings and, 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 and uh, you know, I've probably even done this myself. And even something like what we did this morning where we said, hey, let's just call on the name of the Lord. But I don't think I'd ever been in in a situation like that where I felt overwhelmed at the sense of God's presence and his power as a stadium full of, I think there was like 50,000 people. And they just, be, not, not just a few people, not just, you know, the staff or, you know, the elders of the church, but I mean, everybody. I remember looking around and as they, they begin to lift up their praise, it was literally a roar of praise and I had never seen people pray and call on the name of the Lord like that in my life. I mean, I'm talking little kids. And their eyes were closed and, they're, and, they're, and they were just calling on God. And I remember through the translation, uh, some of the translation that was coming through was, this is what I heard. Jesus is rising like a giant. Jesus is going out like a man of war. He's pushing back the darkness over our city and people are coming to salvation. I remember like, and, and it's all in Spanish, but I'm like hearing this in my ear in English and I'm just like almost falling over. And it's just, you have to imagine, it's just like, it's like this sound of like a hockey game for God. It was a roar of praise. It's something that is happening in different parts of the world. And some people say, well, it's cultural. You know, Spanish people, they have more salsa and tacos. So they're just a little more zippy, you know. Uh, you know, Canadians, we're just a little more relaxed. No, have you been to a hockey game? I think, I think that's a bit of a... And I'm not, I'm not talking this morning about being somebody you're not. And I know some of the most on-fire people are just like this. Like, I'm just burning up inside for Jesus. <laughs> It's true. So I'm not talking just about exuberance or, or, or energy. But I'm talking about a roar of praise rising in your life. King Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament. What a name. Jfat is his Instagram handle. If you've been in church a while, you've heard this story. It's, it's about winning a, a, a military victory by sending literally the choir out in the front lines of the army. I mean, that would be like if another country was attacking us over our northern border. And it would be like us assembling Pastor Michael and the worship team and just saying, okay, guys, we're going to pray for you guys, send you up to none of it. And we want to station you because they're coming over. 
Russian warplanes are coming in to, to take over Canada. And we're going to send the First Assembly worship team. Hey, Trudeau, we got a great plan. Forget, forget the army, it's not that big anyway. Trump's mad at you, so no reinforcements. But the Lord has given us an assignment. And that is Michael Larson <laughs> and the FA worship team. And maybe, maybe a few elders, maybe Sal and Lucy, because they're Spanish. <laughs> they're going to go up to the north and they're going to they're worship their hearts out. And then the enemy will be confused and fight against each other and, and, and we're going to be safe. I mean, this sounds absolutely like, that's crazy. That's the story. And so, and if you've been in church a while too, you've, you've heard these stories and you've heard, and I've probably preached some of them, you know, Paul and Silas, they're in prison. And what do they do? They praise the Lord and, and chains broke and wow, and captives were set free. And, and what do they do? They marched around Jericho and with a shout of praise, the walls fell down. And sometimes we go like, that's cool, but how do you get there? And I don't just want to, I want to be respectful of where you're at today in your life. And I want, to, I want to help us today. Because sometimes it can come across, honestly, a little bit trite. It's like, just praise the Lord. Because if you praise the Lord, you're going to get the victory. That's great and that's true. But how, how do I get there? How does that happen in my life? And I, I think as we look at this portion of Scripture... There's some hidden details, there's some jewels that we can uncover that I believe are keys to positioning us to a place of victory so that that roar can rise, that roar of praise in our, in our lives personally, in our church. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to teach us this morning, even if it feels like you're in a struggle where you may lose it all, because this is exactly where this group of people Southern, southern kingdom of Israel, Judah, they were, they were under attack from every side. They were dead. They were literally like, like we're, we're, it would just be like that. It would be like, there's an army coming in. We have no, we have no hope against the, the thousands and thousands of people that are, and, and all, and, I, and rather than, you know, even if we tried to get our military together, we would just be dead. So they didn't know what to do. And you may be in a situation today where it feels like, Honestly, it feels like you don't know what to do because it, it feels like it could just be over for you because you've been praying, you've been fighting, you've been believing. But I believe this morning that God, through his Holy Spirit, is going to rise something up inside of you. And it's not by might or strength, the, Spirit, the Bible says, but it's by his Spirit. And so sometimes we try to fight these battles and we try to say, well, I'm just going to praise the Lord. Those are like happy, clappy Christians that say, well, you're going through something? Just praise Jesus. It's going to be okay. Oh, I'm glad we have some happy clappies this morning. <laughs> but sometimes it's annoying. Sometimes I annoy myself and I just go, well, just praise God. It should be fine. And then it's like, push it down, push it down. No. There's truth to that. But there's a process that I believe the Spirit will help us to uncover and I think these things are in this passage today that we can, we can go after the Lord with this. So I'm, I'm just going to read through, kind of just toggle through the scriptures a bit. And, um, and then we're going to move back into some worship. 
So these, these armies were coming against Judah. They were surrounded. And we have scripture on the screen too, so you can look in your Bible, 2 Chronicles 20, or read along. It happened after this that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and the others with them besides the Ammonites, they came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea and from Syria. And they are in Hazanon, Tamar, which is in Gedi, which was about 20, 30, 30 kilometers away. And look at this, verse three, and three. And Jehoshaphat feared. Here's what I want us to just recognize this morning. That fear in the face of sudden crisis does not disqualify you or me from the victory. We can, we, we'll feel that fear. It, it may be something that is coming against you. It may be financial. It may be a sickness in your body. It may be something that you are, are battling and that you need victory over and the roar of praise you want it to rise in your life. But you say, well, how can I, I want to get to that place where I can just trust God and I can just worship through it and I can pray and I can be Paul and Silas and I can march around Jericho. I want to get there, but honestly, I'm just scared. I want to encourage you this morning that just because you feel fearful of whatever is coming, whatever is coming against you in life, your past, some of the things, the mistakes you've made, you say, I don't know, if I step out again, is it, am I going to be able to serve God? Am I going to be able to fulfill what God's called me to? I feel in shackles. I feel addiction. I feel, I feel all these. I feel fearful. I can't even move. And if the enemy can keep you in a place, in a position of being frozen where you just can't move forward, then he's got you where he wants wants you to be. But just because you feel fear doesn't mean that you're disqualified from moving forward in victory. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear. Here's the problem. When we stay in fear as a perpetual cycle in our psyche and our thinking and our mindset, when we tell ourselves the story over and over of fear and, 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 and we're just locked in that fear and we're frozen in that fear, that's when the enemy has victory over us, but just to feel fear, sometimes we are just plain old scared. And I want to just alleviate you and take pressure off you as a disciple and as a follower of Jesus. If you feel scared sometimes, just feel scared. But don't stay in that place of fear. And this is what happened. So you're not disqualified, just move forward. So they were living in this place of complete vulnerability. Put yourself in this setting. They're going to die tomorrow, basically. And this fear in crisis is normal, but just staying in fear is what will keep you from the breakthrough. So Jehoshaphat, look at this. It says here, he set himself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast through all Judah. And so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So they had this big meeting. They said, we're, we're not going to stay in fear, but together, we're going to seek God. And I think that's why when we do weeks of prayer at First Assembly, we set our, our time together to seek God. Why? Because it's a fearful, crazy world out there. And so as they came together, they began to seek the Lord. You see, here's the principle. Seeking God precedes my victory. Don't stay in fear, but move it to seeking God. Verse five, then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem and in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God 
of our fathers. Are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God? I love that. I've got that just highlighted here this morning. It just, it jumped out at me. Are you not our God? You see, Jehoshaphat knew that God, Yahweh, he's our God. And friends, when you are facing incredible opposition, it's good to remind yourself. And even in this prayer time, he's, he's saying, God, here's who you are. And to lift up who he is, but to also say, hey, you're my God. You're, you're our God. You're first, you're, you, you care about first assembly. You care about this flock. You care about me. You care about my family. You're, you're my God. It's personal. And we've got to know God personally in our lives. And if you don't know him personally, I'm going to lead in a prayer just at the end of the service today. And I would love to, to lead you to a place where you can know him personally. You can become a child of God. Your sins can be forgiven. And so then he boldly declares who God is. In spiritual battle, God must be personal in your life. And then he goes through God's, I like this, he goes through God's track record. You know, he, he talks about how the Lord, how he's been faithful. How he, you drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel. And you gave it to the descendants of your friend Abraham, your friend forever. I love that. Abraham, your friend forever. It reminds me of that, delir- that old delirious song that we sometimes sing. Jesus, Jesus, friend forever. Isn't that good? Your friend forever. Verse 12, just skip down. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. I love this. Nor do we know what to do. Here's the key. But our eyes are on you. How many times do we feel like that when we face spiritual battle? And we don't know what to do, but Lord, we're going to get our eyes. This is what worship is. This is what praise is. It just gets our eyes on him. I said to Michael, uh, we were hanging out the other week. I said, I love all these songs we're doing. I said, but there's something that happens in the room. We were just talking about there's something that happens as, as first assemblies. We corporately gather on Sundays. When we all of a sudden begin to declare in worship who he is. And I'm all for songs about me and what, you know, what's going on in my life. And there's, there's a place for that. And I think that's even really appropriate in worship. You see it all over the Psalms. It's not anti-biblical. It, it's, it's, it's art. It's beautiful. It's expressive. But there's something that happens in the room when we just begin to proclaim the name of Jesus. When we, when we just declare who he is. We get our eyes off ourselves. We don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. This is the roar of praise, where we just say, I don't know, God, what's going on, but I'm going to lift my eyes to you. And this is what they did. Psalm 16, verse 8, the psalmist said, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. So keep your eyes on the provider. Here's the thing, because as you keep your eyes on the provider, you realize and understand again that he's greater than the problem. He's greater than any problem, any opposition, any army. 
that comes against you. Verse 13, now all Judah and their little ones, I like this, their little ones, their babies, their wives, their children, and they all stood before the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? It wasn't just, hey, let's just bring the adults together, but let's just have everybody. We were just talking in our staff meeting recently about strategic times that we're, that we're going to be planning because this is so valuable and important to bring the kids into the worship. You know, and there's a place for, you know, let's drop the kids off and they can have their program and that's all good. But we've been talking as a staff. We've we got to figure out ways we just get kids more into the, into the corp. There's something corporately that happens. And don't tell me that kids can't be impacted by the Holy Spirit or even sit under the teaching of the word, even a teaching like this, where they're, they're getting it. it go, it's going beyond their mind. You say, well, kids can't understand, but they're feeling something in the spirit. And this is why we bring our kids to prayer meetings. This is why we bring our kids to church. This is why we, we do it weekly. This is why we prioritize it in our lives. This is why if we have grandkids, we invite them. Just get them in the presence of God. Because as we gather, it's prioritizing the presence. And something happens inside of children. I, you know, I, I often say I'm a you know, pastor's kid and I was, I was raised in the front pew of the church. I wasn't quite born there, but it was close. And I remember even Heather, when we had babies, you know, like, like I, you know, we have, we literally, I don't know, Heather's crazy because she's, she's like, she's probably like extraordinary. But I remember within days of having our babies, we just bring them to church. And people are like, are you okay? Like, can't, it's like, you know what? It's okay. We, we can rest later this afternoon. We just want to get our kids at, in church. We just want to get them in the presence of God. Yeah, sacrifice and it's easier to stay home and it's easy. Yeah, it's, but we got to just get them there. Just raise your kids in the house. Get them here. Get, it, get them involved. Get them serving. Get them connected. Get them in the presence of God. Get them in prayer. And not just in church, but in your home. Make your home a place of prayer and worship. And gather the kids. And get the kids, it's their wives, their children. They all stood before the Lord. And then what happens here, here's why it's important. Because then the Spirit of the Lord came into that meeting. And this is what we need. We need this prophetic Unction. We need this utterance of prophecy to rise. And when, there's something that happens when God's people get together and God begins to speak. It happened this morning because Claire, whether you realize it or not, Claire gets up here. She didn't have a plan, but she says, God's changing the song over your life. And there's a prophetic just breakthrough in the corporate gathering. So when we come together in the corporate gathering, we, we need to hunger and thirst for that prophetic breakthrough to take place. And so what happens, this spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel. And and this prophet was the son of Zechariah, the prophet. He was a son of a prophet. And the prophecy went along the lines of, hey guys, the Lord says don't fear because the battle belongs to him. And in verse 16, this is what he says. It goes, goes on. Tomorrow go down against them. Verse 17. And you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go against them. For the Lord is with you. You see, in worship and in warfare, as the roar of praise rises, there, there is a role for the prophetic, a fresh rhema, fresh prophetic word that rises in worship. And it strengthens us and it resources us. And, 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 and it emboldens us to fight this spiritual battle in worship. 
It's a fresh now prophetic word. And it's seeing things that are not as though they are. There's oftentimes I'll sit in, in worship time and I'll sit right up front here. And in the corporate gathering, the corporate anointing that is taking place, I'm battling in the spirit. I'm actually thinking about our city. I'm thinking about neighbors. I'm thinking about conversations that I had with people. And as I worship, obviously my affections on Jesus, but often I'll begin to prophetically see things. And I'll begin to call things that are not as though they are. I want to invite you to do that as we worship. It's not just about me and my knees. Get your eyes on him. And, and get up a little higher and, and, and ask the Lord to help me see things the, the way that you see things. Sometimes we get so focused on ourselves and, and there's a perpetual, uh, you know, over and over and we're just, we're, we just, we stay in that, that story and, and we got to get our eyes on him in the battle and we got to allow that prophetic to flow and we see things that are not as though they are. Friends coming to Christ. So as we worship we're seeing families raising their hands in worship that don't know Jesus right now. As we worship and as we praise the Lord, we're seeing people, loved ones, neighbors. We're actually seeing them serving God. This is prophetic warfare. This is worship warfare. And this is what happens is prophecy arises. And they come up and they begin to praise the Lord. And so verse 20 so they rose early in the morning and they went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And they went out and Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord and who would praise him in the beauty of his holiness. And as they went out before the army, they were saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Can we say that together? Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Let's say that again. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now when they begin to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. They were defeated. The battle's not yours, it's the Lord's. Confusion came upon the enemy. They began to fight against themselves. The enemy was destroyed by their own devices. Do you know that the enemy, that all the things that the enemy has planned to try to take you out, do you know that as you raise, you raise a roar of praise over your life, that the enemy, his, his own schemes will fight against himself and he will be destroyed. If the enemy is trying to come against your marriage, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be destroyed. It's going to backfire because your marriage is going to be strengthened in God. If the enemy is trying to come against your finances, get ready for the blessing and the favor of God. As you honor God by bringing your first fruits to the Lord, as you honor him with word, you got to let go of that stuff. You got, you got to offer it to God in worship. But as you do that and you're faithful to the Lord, then you watch that area of your finances where it's been cursed with debt. And just hang on because the battle's not yours, it's the Lord's. There's something that takes place in the spirit realm that moves us forward as a roar of praise rises. When it looks like everything's against you and it looks like you're not going to get out, when circumstances are eating away at your health, your wealth, your relationships, and your future, get ready for a roar of praise to rise. And as it rises, you know that the enemy is being, that the Lord set ambushes against the enemy. The Lord did it. And so you can stand up and testify and say, The Lord did it. The Lord did it. 
So the roar of praise. It's fear that does, if you have fear, it doesn't disqualify you. Seeking God precedes the victory. And keeping your eyes focused on him. And we're strengthened in that prophetic. We're going to move into a time of praise right before we enter into the communion. But I would just invite you to stand. And let's let a roar of praise rise. Remember that there's a process that the Lord leads us in. And so we just put that last right here. Fear does not disqualify my victory. I want you just to prayerfully consider that even right now. Some areas where you've been fearing in your life. Just begin to just say, I've been fearful of this, Lord. Uh, and I'm confessing this, Lord. And, and, just, and just begin to identify what's been holding you back. Where, where you've, been, you've been fear, fearful of not making it. It feels like it's all coming against you. And just begin to say, God, I'm just admitting that this is the place where I am today. But, but I'm not going to stay there. And then, and then just make a decision to seek God. Because seeking him precedes your victory. So that's what we're doing right now. So God, we seek you in these moments. And God, we know that your provision is way bigger than the problem because you are our provider. And so Lord, let that, new, let that song, that, that prophetic utterance that came over us this morning, let the song of the Lord just change, just, just shifting. He's putting a new song over your life. Just begin to lift your voices. Begin to sing that new song. Begin to declare verbally what that song is. It's a song of victory. It's God's battle. Just begin to just verbalize, even from your voice, even right now. Just begin to lift up his name. Just say the name. Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church.